I fucking love weird stuff like that. I mean, I like, uh, um, I've been, I like all that stuff. I, I mean, hell, I like the, I like the, the Kevin James meme, but with the big titties. That's very funny to me. What's, what's better than that? And the thing is, they've got the hands right now in Mid Journey, and I'm like, come on, you bastards. I liked it when the hands were messed up. Some of the photos yeah, that I Yeah, that was much up, funnier, yeah. Are still messed up. I think the, I think the photo has been better than the, than the writing. The writing's oh, fucked. Yeah. Yeah, writing yeah, is much writing more nuanced. Shit. But, uh, yeah, the, the photos are good. To, uh, they're losing that unca- uncanny valiness, which I'm disappointed yeah. with. That's what I'm I know, that's relying on. That's the best part. Yep. To make art. But, uh, hey, the one thing they haven't done yet, well, they have actually, is podcasting. So mm. they're coming for our voices we too. No, we don't. The robots are coming for our job. You know what they can do? They can have our voices, but they cannot cannot have our minds. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the warm sounds of the Beer Engine Podcast with Griff and Tony. Hey, what's up, everyone? It's Griff. It's another episode of the Beer Engine Podcast, this time a little bit low fidelity due to some, ooh, uh, a bit of a USB cord Nothing. issue. Uh, yeah, me and the me and the USB, whatever you would call this, mini, uh, a cord from a long time, it's a cord of a long time, from a long time ago that uh, nothing uses except for my microphone. And... Uh, uh, all of a sudden, that cord decided not to work. So we're going on board because I know I know our listeners need some of that tasty, tasty content. Tony, how are you today? I'm good. I'm off board. I'm still using a decent microphone, hence my beautiful tone that you're hearing right now. Saturday. That, yep. <laughs> thank you. Uh, you're, you're sounding great. Actually, to be honest, every, because I'm using all the onboard shit, everything sounds bad, including you in my ears. I'm sure it sounds great on the air, but you sound bad. I sound bad. Uh, it's it's really not it's really not working out for me right now. Uh, and I'm sure the listeners are appreciating that at least, too. Just trust me. I'm also suffering. All right, guys? Hey, that's all you can ask of a, ho- a podcast host is that they're suffering one way or another, whether it's with technical issues issues or in life in general they all are i mean all all of us are all of us are really buckling down trying to get through the one day at a time here uh and if you're if you if you notice other ways i might sound weird uh i've also just been in the midwest tony where they have the pollen and uh dust and dander and shit blowing around in your nose so i'm i'm fighting off a little bit of that uh, allergic sniffle Ooh. these days. So you cop the allergies in the autumn as well, or as you guys call it, the fall. Any seasonal change, I will be tolerating some kind of allergy situation. Although here in Vegas, it's gotten a lot easier for me because of <laughs> the dry air and the lack of plants. Um, the only and ones yeah, that are the lack around of, of plastic. Like flowering, bl- blooming plants. Although there are sometimes. Um, they're still blooming stuff, but it doesn't blow around quite as much. Although there are sometimes those weird, like, I don't know, little, like, cotton 
they look like little fuzzies just flying around in the air. I'm like, what the hell is this thing? So you got to yep. get those things off your face. But but compared to Chicago, because you no longer have the, the cum trees. Did you have the cum trees in Chicago, like Bohunk? The what? The, there was oh, the, a... Oh, <laughs> the tree that smells like, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm sure we did. What is the what is that called? Uh, I know there's an African smells. tree that, that distinctly has that smell. It's meant to attract um, birds. No, I don't know. I don't know if I had. Yeah. Okay. We did have these. Yeah. These are like these white trees. Yeah. Um, but I don't remember. I the, the one I remember is we had ginkgo. Yes. Which can be pretty harsh smelling too in a different way. Um, as it, as it sort of, you know, degradates. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I don't know. I, I, I mean, you know, salute to Troy. He always had a, he had an eye and and a nose and uh, whatever else you needed to find the <laughs> grossest possible thing. Yes, I give him credit for that. And, and explain it in, no. in some of the grossest ways. I, I've I've hoped to continue on at least the descriptions in in gross ways. Not so much on this show, but certainly on the other show. I like to make the other hosts uncomfortable at times. Yeah, but it was nice out there in the Midwest, you know, getting to see some, I mean, it's harvest season, so the corn, we were out, we were literally out in a cornfield for, with uh, with my family, and um, uh, the corn was at least coming up on seven, eight foot tall. Um, it was, uh, it was good to see that, kind of get, kind of touch, touch my roots a little bit, um, what were you see some trees, see some green stuff. Well, we are in a town that pretty much is a it's a it's a ten, it's a no stop sign town. Yeah, we I think we mentioned um, this where my, town. Yeah, before, where my I family's just, from, and it's pretty much just surrounded by cornfields. So we were at the um, at the local cemetery, uh, and uh, it's just cornfields on three sides. So we were we were out in the end of it, gotcha. uh, and um, we had we had some little kids with us, so we were like, let's let's get the let's uh, get them lost in the cornfields and never <laughs> see them again. Um, but you know, the nice thing about the Midwest, though, and I think uh, a unique thing they have is it's not just them; it's the, it's the whole U.S. really has this like obsession with the regional or like provincial food. Yep. Um, so we were out in St. Louis, of course, for a couple of days. We were eating toasted ravioli. We were eating Provel cheese on our pizza. Uh, we were doing our the whole thing. The way God intended. I know. And I just, I, I, while I don't love some regional foods, I love toasted ravioli. They were fucking good, too, the place <laughs> we went. Um, I don't love Provel on pizza, but I, I am finding that I, I think I appreciate these, like, regional foods a lot more. The fact that we have all these provincial foods. You have, I assume you have that in Australia, Not right? So to much. a degree, or is it all no. just Australian food? It's all just Australian food. The only, like, there's a couple of places that serve their pies weird. Sydney has a famous place that does it English style with the mushy peas. Um, but that's, like, one place in Sydney that does that. That's about as close to regional as you'll get because we don't have the long-term food culture that you guys developed pre-connection right. age, highway age, let's say. Um, we don't have that regionality or hyper-regionality. And you certainly see it in more established cuisines. Um, like Italian, you go from province to province, it changes dramatically. 
you that is what I would consider hyper regional cuisine, and you do see it in other places like Asia, where it, Japan changes from region to region because they've got longer term food cultures when transportation of food wasn't necessarily easy you had to find the ingredients stuff like toasted ravioli develops and it doesn't doesn't sort of flourish outside of that area you need to have that sort of history of at least what midwestern america 300 years would that be about right well not quite that long about yeah coming up on 250 years yeah yeah see australia is a country 25 years yeah australia as a country is 200 years old but in saying that, Fair enough. for a great, great portion of that, they were just in Sydney and it wasn't until um, the gold rush um, when Melbourne started to explode, which was in the late 1880s, I believe. Um, Brisbane and Adelaide and Perth were a lot further behind. They're much more recent explosions in, in population. So that's why we haven't developed what I would consider a regional food scene. The closest thing I can talk about is like potato, potato cakes, but they're they're essentially the same product, but they've got different names. Right. In one place, they're a potato scallop or just scallops, which is weird because we've got a thing called scallops, potato cakes. And then the South Australians call them something else completely different. They're fucking weird with that stuff. But again, it's the same food. It's just got a different name. And I'm sure that's the case in America as well, where you've got the same food that goes by. Some of that's true. Yeah. Yeah. I thought, um, I think the biggest regional distinction you've told me about so far is that everybody calls a beer size different. That's the fucking hardest thing to sort. Uh, that's gonna be a struggle no you just ask for what are your beer sizes that's the easiest way to do it because it's not even right, standard yeah. within the states now like at mafco it's either a pot or it's a schooner um and it, so i the, thought um yeah yeah so just just where you're there just ask for their sizes in in a lot of craft beer places i'll just like if it's like a really small pour it'll be like a 150 measure for something like an imperial stout and then they'll just have two sizes and just go off the board if you're feeling like you want a big size just order the big size and you'll find out when it comes to your table how big it is that's how i work it just work down from there i think that's a good move uh, so, Tony, I thought I'd uh, go through. So, um, I got a little game with these regional foods to do later, but I thought I'd go through. I got a list of regional dishes of the U.S. I thought I'd go through a few of these and see see what you think of these. Um, I'll try to find a couple I'm familiar with and a couple I'm not. But uh, the first one I'm going to throw at you, and you can tell me if this is something you'd get on, and I think this is something you would, uh, is a slinger. Tony, are you familiar with a slinger? I am not. I'm not even sure what type of food that is. Is it something you can hold in your hand? It is not. This oh. is this is something you would not want to put your hands anywhere near, honestly. Uh, it is a, a diner specialty in St. Louis. This is one I actually have never had. So uh, shout out to my St. Louis friends next time I got to stay up till 3 a.m. and eat a slinger. Uh, it's consisting of two eggs, hash browns, and a beef patty, all covered in chili con carne and topped with cheese and onions. So you essentially you take a hamburger... Potatoes and and a, and a couple of eggs and dump chili on top of it and cheese and onions. Now this is getting close to to trash can food, which I, I'm cool with. Mm. But um, let's be honest, this is this is not that far removed. The only caveat I would give is the chili. It mustn't have beans in it. There is no place for no, beans in chili. I, I see that. 
Well, let's, let's throw this out there for you, Tony. If you think that's trash can food, let's move on to this trash can food, the garbage plate. It this, says trash can in it, pretty much. Yep, uh, this I'm familiar with. I've never had it. I don't know whether you brought it up or it's been brought up on stuff like Guy Fieri, but... Um, yeah, this is a choice of two entrees, such as cheeseburger, hamburger, red hots, white hots, Italian sausage, chicken tenders, fried haddock, fried ham, grilled cheese or eggs, and two sides of home fries of a potato starch side, we'll say, topped with mustard, onions, and a meat sauce um, of slowly simmered ground beef and spices, usually served with Italian bread and butter on the side. So I've seen these with, like, macaroni salad in them. Yeah, right, macaroni salad, baked beans, potatoes, covered in, in like, just meat sauce. It's This is some trash canned food to the ultimate, and I would absolutely try it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Want to try the authentic version, though, not the bastardized version that you were speaking about, that's for sure. No. No, let's not. Let's get the real thing. So how about we jump down to... Uh, uh, some of these chicken types. Are you familiar with this one, Tony? This was made popular in a in the NBA by a certain, um, I, I believe, by Lou Williams. I think Lou Williams popularized this At dish. At a strip club? Uh, these are fried chicken wings that have been heavily coated in lemon pepper seasoning. Lemon pepper wings can also be served wet, i.e. with buffalo That's right. sauce. So That's right. I, do you remember the lemon pepper wet? debacle yes i do remember <laughs> the le- lemon pepper wet debacle going back what two seasons yeah. it wasn't that long ago yeah two or, you know it's gotta be two or three seasons maybe yeah i'd say that's the most it was yeah he was going to magic city in atlanta yep the, the strip club which apparently has the best wings best in atlanta wings. lemon pepper wet yeah yep i mean I, they looked delicious so i would absolutely get on this. now i would fuck with those because hey i know I go with the American version of this. I'm a flats guy for my wings. They call yep, something I love different flats, yep. at our local chicken shop, but that, that's my go-to. And I'm a sucker for the old-fashioned, just buffalo sauce. Just make it yourself. Too. Frank's red hot, bit of butter, bit of MSG, just to add a little, little bit to it. Just dump it on some nice crunchy wings after you've roasted the fuck out of them. Start them low, crisp them up. Delicious. I'll take the lemon pepper seasoning on there, though, too. I think that sounds yep. fun. You get the lemon pepper dry and then toss in the buffalo. I bet you'd have a little some little fun mix up there with all the I'm, I'm citrus sure and vinegar and everything. Yep, but yeah, I'm going to a strip, strip club to have that, that's for sure. Yeah, I'd say, where else am I going to go? That and caprese salad, I don't know where else I would want one. <laughs> No, um, it's funny you mentioned that right, because there was an Australian yeah, yeah. politician that it, it documented because there's like secret, not secret service, but Australian federal police and stuff that were with him. That um, one of the peppermint rhinos um, in New York sure. was attached to a steakhouse, and he only went to the steakhouse. Oh. Yet the credit card bill came back. The government credit card bill came back with peppermint rhino. The strip club. Yep. No. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. All right, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do just. We're gonna hit one more. This is a favorite of mine. I don't know if you're familiar with this one. This is a uh, chicken Vesuvio. Are you familiar with chicken Vesuvio, Tony? No. Is this like a volcanic explosion of chicken? It's not. Uh, oh. It sounds like it should be though. Uh, this is a Chicago Italian dish. Um, it's pieces of chicken on the bone. As, as it tastes the best, you know, you get some yep. dark you get chicken thigh usually with this 
with potato wedges and peas, tossed uh, with or sorry, cooked with white wine, garlic, and olive oil. So it's pretty Sounds much in a very delicious. buttery. And usually there's butter mixed in there too. It's a buttery white wine garlic sauce with chicken on the roasted on the bone and uh, potato potato wedges, which are usually cooked under the chicken, and then some peas. They just kind of spill on top so that there's a green thing. Um, it's extremely good. This is a this is a very good Chicago dish that I think is underrated in the skate in the grand scheme of Chicago foods. Yeah, this this sounds like what where Australian food culture has come from, where it, it speaks to a time when you had to invent something that was familiar to you, even though you didn't have the ingredients. Yeah. So, of course, the famous one is dim sims. Um, yep. They, they were brought out of the fact that they couldn't make dim sum and they were originally sold. I didn't know this history until recently. I was, I was watching a YouTube video with, or it might have been a TV show, with the... Um, daughter of the inventor of the dim sim she's a famous tv chef in australia i didn't realize that she was um part of that family but her family was selling the dim sims out of a um, food truck and they were always steamed and his brother went on the road to sell these dim sims wholesale to different places and he called into a friend's fish and chip shop because they this family while they're of chinese descent they um they go back several generations in Australia, so he had this network of genuine um, Australian friends, um, and he went to one of his best mates' place, and he was running a fish and chip shop at the time, and he didn't have a steamer, so they chucked them in the deep fryer. Oh, no. Hence the yeah. um, dim sim, as we know it today, was born the deep fried dim sim. Last one, I'm going to throw at you real quick. This is a classic, um, and I have not had one. Uh, but I want it. This is from Northern New Jersey. It's called a Ripper. Tony, you with the Ripper? No. It's something it's I do of an evening. Deep, I, I rip one out. It's a, hot, it's a hot dog that's been deep fried. Jesus. It's been a hot, it's a hot dog <laughs> that's deep fried till the casing rips. I am familiar with this. So this deep is, fry the hell out of it. And, you know, this was a part of... Get some crowd on there. Be good. Yeah. You know those American food shows that would have been on Food Network at the time where they're like... Yeah the regional food of the Midwest or the regional food of Chicago. And that always go to like the, um, the place with the wiener on the hot dog place, you know, with the, yeah, sure. You know, the sort super of, dog, super dog. That's the one. With the, yeah. And the varsity, there you go. wherever yeah. the varsity is. Don't think that was Chicago. I've been to the varsity. Yeah, the bar- oh, that's in Atlanta. And so you make little chili dogs. Yep. Um, yeah, no, I, I I was wondering how many of these you'd see on Food Network because it used to be whole, I mean, yeah. these were just hours and hours of television content dedicated to fucked up food. I, I do too. I mean, Guy Fieri covers a little bit of that, but he does. a lot of that, what he's doing now is like, hey, I'm in, um, uh, I'm in uh, Fairbanks, Alaska, and I found the last thing you'd ever think here, uh, a runza. <laughs> and you're like, okay, whatever, you know, fine. Yeah, that's, food that's moves not that crazy, days. but uh, sure. Right, yeah. Um, all right, Tony. One more thing for my for my little jaunt here. Uh, I don't have any more regional foods, but I was going to ask you this. Okay. Uh, I got a long airplane trip coming up. Uh, I was just on a decently long airplane trip. Uh, are, are you a Are you an airplane drinker? Are you an airport drinker? Are you Are you going to the airport airplane? You drinking a cocktail? Or are you just you sticking with water? Oh, trying to feel as good as you can. Now, see, I thought you were going a different direction. 
Am I a big airport drinker? No. Will I have one or two to pass the time? Fucking oath. Um, okay, sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll have a couple of drinks. No no problem. Yeah, you pay airport prices. It's never spectacular. Don't buy cocktails. Just hope that they've got clean lines for beers. Maybe order a basic spirit and, and a mixer. That's sort of as far as I go. But as far as getting like even even slightly tipsy before I get on the plane, nah, pass no, on no, that. No, 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 no. And I'll certainly have a, a beverage on a long-haul flight where it's included. Yeah, I'll yes. have that with my meal, no doubt. So I got bumped. We got bumped up this weekend uh, going to St. Louis, and um, I uh, I wanted to get it. I was like, I'm going to get a drink because I get a nice glass up here. They 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 portion them out nice, you know. Uh, and um, But I was actually struggling to pick out a drink. I, I don't like drinking beer on the plane. It's just not a good feeling. I don't no, feel, the I beers are always them. bad. It, yeah, they had Goose Island, and I didn't want it. So I was like, I'm going to have a bourbon. But I didn't necessarily want it neat either. I wasn't looking to get into bourbon that. Bourbon and dry. So I was trying to find and what and Diet Coke. No, dry. Dry ginger ale. Oh, see, that's bad too. Get so much sugar, Tony. Um, well, don't they have a I diet do version? It, so they, they didn't have a diet version. Oh. I would have gotten the diet version if they did. Well, just so go, Tony, I look, I, no I like, sugar Coke? Uh, or zero sugar Coke as it's been rebranded? They have they have Diet Coke. That's it. Oh, gross. Fucking gross. So I went with uh, I went with a weird airplane drink because I found it on a New York Times article, <laughs> uh, and I liked it. So it was um, it's a very simple drink you can make on the airplane, and I'd recommend it because this came across real Ooh. good. It was wood, it was bourbon, so they had Woodford Reserve, so Not which bad. is fine yeah. bourbon uh, for plain bourbon. That's great. Club club soda, yeah, and uh, just limes, like two squeezes of lime in there. And I was pretty happy with this as an airplane drink for me. And I think this is going to be my airplane drink going forward. That is when they're not serving me like vintage champagne in first class on the way to Australia. Yes. Yeah. Cristal. Um, now you, you're, abs- I, and you've got to remember that things hit differently when you're up in the air too. That's why Buddy Mary's apparently tastes so much better because of the altitude and the cabin pressure. It's a real thing. The tomatoes taste different. So if you're going to have a Bloody Mary, that's the time to try it. I think they're gross regardless of altitude. So hard pass from me. Um, I will say that um, the ginger ale tastes better to me on the plane than it does on the ground, like Canada Dry, like yes. your cheap ginger ale, because the sweet, it's not, doesn't taste as sweet to me. Yep. Um, when I'm on the ground, really? though, I'm like, that is straight ass sugar. Goddamn. I always find things sweeter in the air. There you go. Yeah, maybe I'm an idiot. Yeah, I don't know. Well, that's we know that. But, um, right, yeah, okay. <laughs> your taste buds may be fucked up, or maybe mine are fucked up, or maybe I'm misremembering it. But for me, oh, yeah, COVID. yeah. It, it always seems like, even if it's like fresh out of a can, it always seems like it's flat, even though it's just been freshly mm-hmm. popped out of a can. That I believe that, yeah. And, yeah, feels feels sh- more sugary because of that, to me at least. But I could be wrong. Other people that You'll fly find more chiming. You'll find this interesting, Tony, that um, I saw this today, too, speaking of our taste buds being fucked up. So Alaska, every airline has the worst coffee. I've never had a class, a cup of coffee that's even, like, tolerable. Better or worse than McDonald's, and I'm not talking McCafe. No, worse. Worse by (laughs) a mile. And McDonald's, McDonald's coffee is dog shit, of course. But this is, this is like, so bad. I mean, it's so shitty. 
Um, it does not get you any caffeine, and it tastes miserable. So, great combo. But Alaska <laughs> Airlines, which is a decent-sized airline here yeah. in the States, um, just is uh, collaborating with Stumptown Coffee Roasters of Portland to make a special roast just for the air. Um, and it's supposed to be decent. So, it's going to be a medium-dark blend. Okay, it's a little dark for me, but okay, fine. Yeah. Um, of their of their like best selling coffee um, says it's smooth and balanced aromatic notes of toasted marshmallows brown butter and toffee with hints of citrus and cherry so if I get onto an Alaska flight sometime in the near future so I got to go to Portland or Seattle or whatever um, I will absolutely try this because I would love to be able to have coffee on an airplane that doesn't affect me negatively in every possible way <laughs> it does not give me a caffeine hit. It doesn't taste good, and it usually hurts my stomach. Yep. <laughs> Great it. combo. Yeah, who wouldn't like coffee? <laughs> I love me coffee, but Jesus. They're, they're, that's something I don't touch on an airplane is, is coffee. It's like I'll oh, get yeah, my caffeine in via have... Diet Coke or some other way, but I'm not getting it in via coffee on a plane. Yeah. No, you gotta have some idea. You have some idea that someone's going to be doing something fancy like this for me to even try it like yep i'll just drink the dunkin donuts iced coffee on the ground Fine. that's, that's I'll, what i'll I was suck actually that down all day yeah say as shitty as those airport baristas are because you know they're they're bottom of the pile um even in their workforce like the airport run is right. perhaps the worst of them all at least you know they're going to have corporate standards that they're going to live up to for the most part so right right exactly all right well that was interesting yeah so Airplane drinks, huh? So if you guys are drinking a cool, if you have a cool airplane drink that you're getting after, uh, post it up on the Discord. Let us know. Yep. Um, and speaking of Tony, why don't we go look at what's going on on our Discord, huh? All right. I wanted to bring up two. I put two things in the general thing today in the general channel that uh, I wanted to bring up. So this was. Uh, um, in it from all the way from Vienna, maybe this is a, po a political party that Nick Tork could uh, get behind, could uh, be interested in. Uh, this is the uh, the beer party in Austria is polling at 12 percent in Austria. <laughs> uh, its policies include a beer fountain for Vienna, a 50 percent tax on Radlers and other atrocities. <laughs> A monthly barrel of beer to Austrian households, 50 liters per adult, 20 per child. That's funny. And uh, a Radler buyback program exchanging <laughs> Radlers for real beer. Why do they hate Radlers so much? I don't, I don't know. know. I, I don't know but, whether um, I can stand for this slander because, hey, we've got to give our biking brethren something to drink, and it's a big biking area. I mean, I'll drink a Radler, but I do – you know what? Just like with any political party, it feels like you take some of the good with the bad because if someone's going to bring me a, a barrel of Austrian lager to um, once a month, yep. you know, that might be interesting, huh? Yeah, I, I could vote for that. But depends on their other policies because what happens if they're like Nazis but just with some savvy? They're probably Nazis. That's the thing. So first, I, I have the worst... Um, instincts i think though too i just think the worst about anyone so i hear the 50 liters per adult 20 liters per child and i'm like oh is this like a have more white babies thing are they trying to bribe me to have more to like populate the earth with my 
white Austrian children or whatever. <laughs> so probably not, but I just assume that's the any politics thing. I'm just like, I bet these people are fucked, you know? Yep. Is the, uh, the worst possible assumption, but probably true. Everything I posted here, Tony, um, I know it's a little bit hard to read, but uh, I posted up this, um, this beer, this menu. It's not a beer menu. This menu, which I came upon in a, uh, in a bar there in beautiful Bourbonnais, Illinois. Um, this was their their game, like their sports drink menu. It's uh, laminated, this, so it's official. It's, it's laminated, so you know it's good. And I just wondered what drinks you guys might be into. If you're on our Discord, you got to check it out. But I'll give you a, a, a quick rundown. You have the Bear Down, which is Jameson Orange, Orange Juice, Ginger Ale, and a Blue Curacao Floater. God, that sounds terrible. It really does. The Green Bay Grenadade, a, a half melon shot, a half banana shot, a half strawberry cider boys, and pineapple juice. <laughs> God damn it. The Fly the W, Apple Crown, Peach Schnapps, Lemonade, Red Bull, and Raisin. I don't know what they mean by Raisin. Are they putting just, a raisin in it? I yeah, they've got a box of raisins on the side, and they're just sprinkling that in. The Tailgate Tea, which is bourbon, peach schnapps, pineapple juice, orange juice, sour mix, and Sprite. Lord, uh, that's a sugar bomb right there. And then the Refrigerator Perry Paloma, named after the late uh, defensive lineman for the Bears. And former uh, WWF wrestler. Well, at least he was involved in a uh, uh, WrestleMania. Hornitos, lime juice, sour, pineapple juice, and salt rim. What does that have to do with a Paloma? Isn't a Paloma is tequila and grapefruit soda, right? I, I thought so. Okay, whatever. So that that is the menu. So guys, post up your um your favorite beverage, and I'll uh, I'll start making them up for you. Um, I will not be buying all the weird materials that go in these though, so you have to live with that on your own. Uh, let's jump into the beer chat, Tony. Yep. Good beer chat week this week. I thought um, we had a. Uh, Oh, let's go back here. Lordy, we got lots of posts. Yeah, I, I have to All right. Uh, old, old Griff, that's me. Um, every time I go to Urban Chestnut, I feel required to post the menu. And I thought the menu was looking pretty good again this time. Uh, lots of different types of del- delicious lager. What's up? Can I give you a photography tip for ne- next time? Can you get more over the top What's of that, that sucker rather than that? that- oh, yeah. <laughs> It's very hard to read those top beers. It's, it's like trying to read the the Star Wars as it goes off screen. You got Zwickle, Bavarian Lager, unfiltered. You got Schnickel Fritz, Hefeweizen, so Bavarian Weiss beer. Ocats Oktoberfest Lager. They had an Am- the Amsterdam Pilsner, which is made for Amsterdam Pub, a soccer bar in town. Uh, other highlights would be the Stamtisch, Stamtisch, the German Pils, which is wonderful. Yep. The Dorf beer, which is a Bavarian Dunkel, very yummy, and um, you know the the, the Bava- or sorry, the Belgian pale ale had gone off by the time I got there. I would have loved to try the Belgian pale ale. I I really enjoy that style. Yep. But um, always a great menu there. Always fun to check out. Urban Chestnut, great place. Uh, T W Tudes um, picked up some maple wood. This is the maple wood s'mores. Morbidly, morbidly obese pug s'mores flavor. Uh, it sounds nice. Graham cracker, strongest flavor note. Probably a good thing. I agree. Uh, Nick Torque back camping. Yep. 
He's got some Vale East Coast IPA served alongside some chicken fajitas and Mexican rice in the camp oven. This looks good. Vale East, what's East? So we talking East Coast US IPA? I assume. Uh, yeah, um, McLaren Vale um, or Vale. Um, I'm not sure what they mean by East Coast. I'm. It's a new style. It's starting to pop up a bit more. Um, East Coast IPA. Just one second. Uh, yeah. An Australian interpretation of American IPA using Galaxy, um, sure. Nelson Sarvin, and just one second. Um, from good. New Zealand, Citra from the US. Combination of pale Wonderful. and crystal. Uh, strong pine and citrus notes with stone fruit and passion fruit characters. So how about this one, Tony? This is from Community Beer. Dallas right now is the is the hub for making weird fucked up beer because Martin House, I think, is right there in that area too. Yep. But our friend Grammar Purist gave us this, the Funnel Cake Ale. You know, vanilla he's down for real, real funnel cake, and he'd definitely be down for some of that uh, stuff that he's got in his hand. Funnel Cake Ale brings to mind the days of Ferris wheel rides, cotton candy-covered fingers, and ring toss games. For me, it was Only 4.8%. Interesting. Uh, we also had uh, uh, our friend Kyle drinking some of that urban chestnut O'Cats and some red hot ripplets and also had some Visine, some delicious Visine. <laughs> uh, Tony, red hot ripplets are a great provincial thing. Are you familiar with red hot ripplets? Um, yeah, but I've never had them. I'm, I'm familiar with them through Food Network and, and YouTube and like a- food. They're like a spicy ruffled barbecue chip. Uh, they're really good. I, I had I had not had them in a while, and I had them this weekend and refreshed my memory that they're a really tasty potato <laughs> chip. I I really like Red Hot Ripplets. PMAC was out there. Uh, our guy PMAC, uh, he's doing all that training. I know he's got a big race coming up um, right around when we're in town. Yep. Um, but he's got a couple he had. Just recently, some Cascade from uh, Portland, I believe. Uh, Mango Road, a barrel-aged blonde ale with mango, jasmine, and pink peppercorn. Delish. Probably tart as all get out, but if I know Cascade, but I'm sure that had some nice flavor. Then the Bacchus, uh, chocolate chip blueberry muffin stout, 10%. That'll get you, huh? They do some weird stuff. I love their, their stuff, so... It's weird. Blueberry, Not, though, blueberry and stout sometimes really hits. Yeah. Blueberry I've, can really hit. I've had stout. it. Yep. Mr. Banks, I think, had a blueberry stout that was killer. It was like a blueberry waffle stout that was, yeah, on point. All right. Bottle Logic kills it with the blueberries. Um, Paisley Cave Complex, a great blueberry barrel-aged beer, if you find it. Um, you might find it, too, because I saw Carwin releasing even more Bottle Logic, so who knows? Um, Max Allotment, drinking all the beers I want. This is called Hoipu. Hoipu. A light drinking Japanese rice lager from Carton. Sirachi Ace is such a great hop when it's not overdone. Agree. Yep. Super dry and spicy with notes of coconut and lemon oil. Uh, Finishes with woody pine. Tony, Sirachi, there was a beer years ago. I don't know if Brooklyn, I think Brooklyn made it. It was a Sirachi, all Sirachi Saison. And I thought it was so good. I'm going to try to find it. Uh, Brooklyn 
Sriracha Ace. Yeah, I think called. I've had that when they did their brew day out. Uh, really yeah, good. It was, uh, yeah, Sriracha Ace Saison. It was um, so good, so spicy, so nice. Um, I wonder if they still, it looks like they still make it. They're putting in 12-ounce uh, bottles. I, I would be interested in getting my hands on that. I don't often think about Brooklyn beer. No. Despite them making pretty reliably good beer. Um, like the last time I had one from them was in Sweden where they have a brewery. Um, but Sriracha Ace was a fire beer a long time ago and probably still is, honestly. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Nick, Nick Torque with the monkish drop uh, coming from Carwin. I know, I can't. What do you think of this, Tony? I would love to be yeah. joining in, but that sounds like fire. Hence why, yeah, I freaked out about it. I hope it. he goes, Nick. Nick, I think you should go. Um, I do love monkish. Uh, these are some, these are the top, these are the top of hazy beers. This is some of the primo you can get of hazy, hazy beers. Um, you're getting, uh, I mean, some of these are big boys too. And the stuff they do really well is the like eight and 10% ones, <laughs> which sucks because you're like, oh shit, now I got to drink this. But the one with Motuika and Citra is going to be great. Um, I'm sure the West Coast is fire too. The Vic Secret Nelson Galaxy West Coast. That sounds great. Yep. I think it's well worth the the check. check I mean, checking this out. I, I would love to, I'd love to see what's going on there. It's funny with Monkish. Because they started out making Belgian and sour beer and just, like, discovered that they're like, oh, shit, we can make a lot more money killing hazies. And, you know, here we are. <laughs> they still do They still do that stuff. They still make their sours and, and everything. They're just uh, more of a limited release thing. But they're all delicious. So I, yep. I respect Monkish big time. Um, Nick also mentioned that there's a good Melbourne brewery called Bad Shepherd, which is um, – going into voluntary administration uh, to facilitate a financial restructuring. Uh, their tap room does serve great barbecue and uh, some quirky Vegemite-themed offerings. I would love to check that out. <laughs> Hopefully they're still um, operating while you're around. Yeah, if they're still operating when I come out, that would be great. And I did have to throw a picture up of um, the side project seller. When we were in the side project seller uh, on Saturday evening this was the scene it was just us it was me kelly uh our our friends wendy and kevin and our friends amanda and and craig had come in and um we were here they were tasting beers out for us we opened some barley wine it was a damn good time it's nice when you have the one of the nicest beer bars in the country to yourself it's pretty cool yep um not bad now we did have some show chat as well from pmac yeah, let's jump into that. PMAC uh, quite enjoyed the impromptu nut rankings, and he didn't disagree too much. However, almonds should never be ruled out. He loves tamari almonds, and while cashews are possibly his top pick, they're not really a nut. Hashtag nutgate. True. Nutgate sounds like a nutgate sounds like some kind of George Santos con, or it's like a like a hookup to your sex hookup like you're putting that thing on oh good call yeah like i have a, to attach a, my nut nut gate yeah it's got it's a combination of metal and leather right that's what you're thinking don't, i don't, don't know get about the stuck shape in the, in the, yeah. but yeah I, I see what you're saying nut gate i tend to so i agree with pmac that i like almonds i think almonds are yummy 
Yep. That's the thing. It's hard for me to, I mean, so I like the sesame, there's like sesame almonds. I had some coconut almonds relatively recently. Uh, almonds hit me in that place of, um, and that's a turn grim, but uh, can I do anything without feeling bad? <laughs> you know, you're, you're, like, you're eating and you're eating a nut and you're like, oh, this is probably not good. And you're enjoying it. It's got the sesame seeds on it, and it's got the coconut coating on it. I had one of those recently. And you're like, oh, uh, because these are destroying, like, our water supply, you know? Um, yeah, I don't think you take can put that on the nut, though, or even the eating of the nut. That comes back to industrial farming, and we as individual consumers, are we going to change that? Eat guilt-free, I say. It's true. I think you're. I think that's fair enough. Uh, I tend to agree uh, that uh, this is the, that's the thought you bounce back and forth between, right? You're you're using the plastic straw, and you're saying like, dude, these plastic straws are probably fucking stuff up. But then you remember, you're like, oh no, no, they're not. <laughs> We're dumping industrial fishing plastic fishing nets into the ocean yep. at like the rate of some insane thing. So me using a plastic straw instead of the melting paper one, really, sh- I shouldn't feel that bad about it, you no. know. No, and that, that's, it's like, you can, and it's things, it's funny where you give yourself a pass. I'm sure you've got non-stick cookware somewhere in your house. You've got a non-stick yep. fry pan. Or I just used one today. I have a nice all clad. I try to use them until they melt, though, pretty much. Yeah, but they're forever chemicals. That shit is not going to break down, as far as we know, forever. They've tried to break that right, shit down. Yeah. That shit will fuck up the environment more than a couple of plastic straws. Hey, they'll fuck it up for 300 years, and, hey, we might not be here as a species for 300 years, but a non-stick pan is probably worse than all that shit you're talking about, even worse than the nets. Um, perhaps that, that's the thing that we should be looking to ban. Yeah. F1 coating yeah, is I'll on shit. I'll tell you what they really can't dispose of. Big-ass electric car batteries. That's that's really the thing. Yes. One thing they're going to have a hard time figuring out what to do with. And, and um, It's that that's going to be fun to think about. And this is a debate that I've had with a friend of mine who's a massive Tesla stand. I know you've got an electric car and it works for you and it's great. And I'm like, yeah, they're not saving the world, though. They're a nice stop. No, 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 no. But they're not saving the world. They're a nice stop. Gap. You, nobody like should the think technology. they're saving the world. But to me, I think we've got to really look at um, reusable and renewable fuels from synthetic sources and see if we can actually mitigate um, the car fleet that we've got out there. So we're not just dumping a whole bunch of these cars because they're they're burning a toxic fuel. It's no different to moving from leaded to unleaded fuel. I think we need to find ways to use the infrastructure we've got and supplement it with electric cars, wall technology like hydrogen and other fuel cell batteries come online that are a lot better for the environment than, than electric. What we really have to do is drive less and eat more seasonally. That's the, that's the prob- one of the big problems we have, right? We, we eat the same shit all year round. We yeah. don't, like, fuck, fuck around with our we – we're monocrop, essentially, yep. and we hype shit so we grow too much of it. And we just have to have less cars, but we aren't doing that either. Now, now, if I were going to pat myself on the back for anything, and I do deserve to be pat on the back, it was getting, it was only going from, it was going from two cars to one car. Yes. That's the good thing I did. 
And getting an electric car, whatever. I'm just consuming energy A versus energy B. I mean, whatever. It's all. And then to be able to live seasonally, don't we need to move back to small town America to make that happen and move out of places like Las Vegas that are a desert that consume a whole bunch of electricity and transportation costs and getting foods? So. No, but but gambling. Uh, We have to become (laughs) subsistence farmers, I think, is what we actually have to do. I tell you um, what, we need to go back to because the way it's going, I think we're all going to go back that way. The the way the conservative right are gaining power, go back to being serfs, just working the land, yeah, not chattel slavery, just Hell serfs. Yeah. Well, like we already, I mean, whatever. I've already got a, I've already got a, um, you know, a landlord and everything. There's a reason <laughs> there's the word lord in the name. Uh, all right, let's move on. Do we have anything else coming in here? I don't know. Before did I, you want to? Before I keep getting grimmer and grimmer. Oh, I did have a Celtie, Tony. Ooh. Why will we talk about my Celtie real quick? Talk about that. I had a Celtie with some ramen, some fucking good ass ramen too, from Menu Rui in in St. Louis. Some of the best. This this guy just want. He was like one of the best new chefs, food and wine, whatever. U.S. Um, this was some fire ramen. I actually had my first ever brothless ramen, Tony. I did br- the brothless. Uh, isn't that just um, noodles? Tan- kind of. It's but it's just covered in like chili oil and stuff. It was really okay. good and it has all the <laughs> toppings. It was Tantan Men. It was really really good. Uh, very spicy. Very yummy. Um, and uh, I had this seltzer with it. It was the Tiger's Blood Hard Seltzer, snow cone inspired, strawberry, watermelon, and coconut. And oh. um, <laughs> I really liked it. I don't. Shop. I don't love strawberry. No, but I'll tell you I'm what you do I'm not crazy love. about strawberry flavor, but I do love coconut. Yeah. Like, if this was just watermelon and coconut, I'd have been dying. That would have been so good to me. And the coconut was punchy, too. But um, uh, this was quite tasty. I really enjoyed the tiger's blood. Um, so shout out to Four Hands. They're making some good salts. Now, I, d- I just want to challenge you. I want to see if you can do this because nobody else in the world has been able to do this. Give me a nuanced take on Israel-Palestine. <laughs> That's what I thought. <laughs> I've decided to not put this on wax. My take on on Israel and Palestine. Um, yep. I feel sorry for I, all the um, people on the ground. Like, I think it's th- that are just. I think it's bad lives. that they're. I think it's bad that we're having a war. Yep. And I think there's a lot of. Um, I, I I don't advocate for doing war, and yep. it's very brutal and painful and horrible. And of course, there's a lot of you know a million decisions that led up to it, and yep. um, most of them were bad. <laughs> and this is how you end up in where you're at now. So, yep. Uh, I will not be I will not be choosing any uh, victors or any sides. sides other than yep. Other than I hope less people get yeah. less people who are just like me get yeah. killed because there are a lot of people <laughs> in those regions just being like you and me that want to drink their beer. Trust me, there's plenty. Of people in that region that just want to drink beer now, whether they're able to do that is a different story. But they just want to go beer, out there tea, or whatever it is they want to drink. You know, yep. beer, tea, uh, Manischewitz, uh, 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 tea. Very, I think it's all tea in yeah. the uh, in the Islamic culture. But yeah, they have a big tea culture. But um, I, uh, you know, what I wish they could just do that. But I understand that there's forces outside a number of forces outside of the average person's control that yep. are going to uh 
that have hampered their ability to live their lives, whether it be now or for the last however many years. And it's tough. So yeah, that's my not, that's my somewhat nuanced take that I will have out loud. I think you've done a fairly good job because hey, I've seen plenty of other people just fuck it up. Just like, just Mm -mm. because even if you've got all the knowledge in the world, I don't think you can still give a fully um, all sides argument to that conflict. It's, fucking complicated and i think you did it it's it's difficult yeah and rather than try and make a a call on the um conflict itself it's just like yeah war shitty i hope the people that aren't really involved that just happen to live in that region and i mean on both sides there um can have a happy life at some point maybe it's not right now but yeah soon enough all right well let's you know what uh, in, in in spite of all the pain in the world, I think we can move on and try to do the logger of the week. Huh? Oh, okie dokie. Uh, I was on the wrong page. I was about to go to Hyper Beer. I apologize. Griff's Logger of the Week. Griff's Logger of the Week. Like, I'm oh, going to yeah. jump in and go, steal gonna... your thunder. Oh, no, shit. Now, go ahead. Well, this is a beer that I've, I've mentioned before, but I'm mentioning it for a different reason because I have my kegerator set up and maybe there'll be some of this left by the time you get here, although I doubt it'll probably be Saison or, or something else in the kegerator by that point. But I have, don't tell anybody, free Mafco Mateson in my kegerator. Oh, no, he's done it now. Yep, I've got a third of a keg. And I'm just uh, taking a few pulls off that every now and then. It's kind of delicious. It's nice to have a tap in your own house, a beer. Um, so I, I dusted off the old kegerator that I used to use for home brewing, put new um, lines through the whole thing, uh, hooked up the CO2. Apparently I still had some CO2 from my home brewing days and uh, there you go. Yeah. got the keg coupler on and away I went. No dramas at all, pouring beautifully. Super. That's amazing. Tony, I'm pulling a last minute uh, Audible. lager of the week. I drink a, I drink a ton of good lagers, uh, whether it be Stomtish. Uh, um, <laughs> He's throwing a blank. Chestnut. Jesus Christ, my brain went totally out of my head. <laughs> and uh, also had a great West Coast IPA from, uh, or West Coast IPA, West Coast Pills from Triptych in Champaign made a quick stop through the old college town to check out Triptych, which is brewing strong. But this one I just drank was extremely perfect. It is from Modern Brewing, Modern Brewery, sorry, in um, in St. Louis. This was a brewery that I keep hearing good stuff about, but I would never go because I was always stuck on my usual joints. And we finally went this time. They had great food, um, and they had this delicious pills, the King's Oak Pills. Um, just a straight down the middle German Pilsner and they hit the target on this one. This one has all the good, you know, relative smoothness, uh, and breadiness of a German pills and drank easier than hell as dry as a bone. Very yummy. Couldn't nice. beat it. I 
I'm alone on the call here, folks. I think Griff has hung up on me because he's not talking to me. He's back. But uh, I'm, I'm trying to figure out my beer of the week, so it was an inopportune time for Griff to fall off the perch. I'm back. I get ready. For, I have my beer of the week, Tony. Okay. Um, you do your beer of the week first. My beer of the week, Tony. Uh, it, boy, you can't you can't pass up side project if you're going to name a beer of the week. And uh, lo and behold, I'm just going to have to do it again here. It was the ten year barley wine by Side Project Brewing at Side Project Cellar, uh, Tony. More than two years ago, they began brewing in anticipation of this day, focusing on a blended barley wine for this release and showcasing a truly special beer, MJK, in a new light. This beer consists of single and double barrel aged MJK finished for 18 to 27 months in Willet Family Estate bourbon barrels. A thoughtful splash of Longst, which is their old ale, reigns in the intensity and finishes the character of this special blend of deep, rich, luxurious English barley wines. This was the best beer I had uh, by a long shot. And um, I, I cannot believe this guy just checked this in and said he, he just checked this in and his check-in says perfect yet forgettable i do not know what you're talking <laughs> about sir what the fuck is up with you tony what do you think the untapped rating on this is 293 ratings on this one Ooh, if it's from those guys it's got to be 4.38 4.77 for <laughs> this one this was uh this one's murdering that. murdering everything um, also standing out, uh, uh, I had a, I had a, um, a table beer from them, uh, Table Nouveau. That was it. They do uh, good. From, it was actually lower alcohol stuff, don't they? Like three, yeah, four. It was in England, New, New Zealand, New Zealand and European dry hop table saison. I mean, fantastic. Yep. Just so easy to drink. Went, went great after I drank barley wine. It was perfect. <laughs> Uh, really needed that, so that was really good. But uh, yeah. all kinds of great beer in St. Louis. Had good stuff at Perennial too, of course. But um, can't top that barley wine. How about you, Tony? Well, I actually looked, and I haven't checked in shit this week. Um, but I did have the sour from Mafco, as I shared with you. Um, we're working on labels to can that thing. It's uh, a raspberry and lime sour. I wouldn't say it's a God beer by any stretch of the imagination, but when you're drinking it for free, sure. because um, there's stuff left in the line. It's a great before, way to have a beer. Yeah, yeah, before the cider comes on. Um, I was drinking free uh, Mafco um, raspberry and lime sour. Straight down the middle, g- generic Philly sour. <coughs> so Delicious. Yeah, Philly sour, great yeast for any home brewers out there who want to get into sour brewing but don't want to fuck up their equipment. Go ahead and use that yeast. Works great. Uh, i also shout out real quick this beer from Second Shift who makes a famous beer called Katie, like a very dry, uh, sour, slightly sour saison. Uh, Moonbeams, it was called. It was a dry hop golden sour ale. Uh Britannomyces Lambicus Soured Golden Ale, generously hopped with Idaho 7 and Citra. Right, tropical citrus delight. Uh, it was excellent too. So wanted to throw a sour in there. This was a winner. Yep. Uh, shout out to Second Shift for being a killer brewery too. Now, I did get a beer delivery this week. Perhaps you'll be interested in, um, and you want me to hold over a can 
But we have yeah. this year's release of Deeds once more. Um, I think it's once more into the fog. Um, just hold on one second. I'll just go to the Deeds. Um, or is it just once more into? Uh, it's their uh, annual release of their barrel aged stout, and it is delicious. I got a mix pack, uh, so I got two of those cans. Uh, where are your deeds, for fuck's sake? I'm lost on their website. Just hold with me, people. Technical all right, difficulties. All right. All right. <laughs> uh, hey, how are you just look it up on Untapped? Is it uh, deeds once more? That'll that'll get you close. Oh yeah, there it is. I found it. Uh, you got um, Imperial Stout aged in bourbon barrels for 12 months. Oh, yeah. I, we saw this one. Once more into the fray. Yeah, once more into the fray. Uh, yeah. We saw this a couple weeks ago. You say yeah. you're getting your hands on this yep. or what? Yep. Yeah. I've got, right. got two in the fridge. And it's got Heck coconut. Yeah. I mean, I'd love to try it, but don't don't hold off on my account. Okay. Maybe I'll order some more. Yeah, did that's the move. Did you want to split a four-pack? It's only $114 for a four-pack. Absolutely. Pack. <laughs> uh, sure. What's that? What's that go for in the U.S.? You, you know, you know what I spend for beer. Uh, it's uh, seventy-three bucks. Yeah, for a four pack. So that would be what thirty-six, thirty-six fifty. Yep. Um, I'm telling you, I just, I mean, what did I? I just bought some half-acre cans for probably twenty-five dollars, and they're twelve-ounce cans, so whatever. These are a big boy. You, you get what you get. These. these are a four forty yeah, can. Fine. Perf. All right. I'm into it. Okay. I'll well, take Tony, it why don't we move on? <laughs> Let's do some hype. Can we do some hyper beer nerd dork shit news? Of course we can. I live for this shit. Hyper beer nerd dork shit news. Unlike Vegas news, I really actually enjoy this segment. Disappointed that there's no um, ultra right wing beer news in this one because um, you know that's my favorite. I live for that shit. No, yeah. No, um, no ultra right wing action today. Uh, I just have, I actually have some of that like woke shit news here. Uh, hyper woke shit beer news. The climate crisis is coming for your hoppy beer. Um, so hops in beer producing countries like Germany, Czech Republic, and Slovenia are ripening earlier and producing less since 1994. And most alarmingly for the IPA lovers of the world, they are starting to lose. They're critical bitter components. So this is true. Um, I have been, uh, I was actually hearing this weekend that the alpha acids are down tremendously, uh, sometimes even half or a third of what they were. Uh, so they're having to use twice or three times as much hopping content volume to get the same amount of hoppy flavor out of these beers. Um, which is a crazy thing to think about because we're probably producing less at the same time. So um, it's not it's that we're producing tricky. less. I think the quality is far less because I don't think um, the hop farmers are moving their acreage. And some of this is not so much seasonal, but it is cyclical. So some of this stuff is cyclical, but the climate change component of it is real and it's probably worsening the humps within the cycles. Um, and I know it's certainly had an effect on the Australian hops, but we're the closest hops grown to the equator anywhere in the world. So you would expect us to be hit by those environmental factors as well. Yeah. Right. Uh, it, 
it's, it's one of these things. It's like, what do we do as beer lovers until we have innovative products that we can use that are non-hop dependent? Because, yes, they're pushing the hop right. tech forward with cryo and extracts and other extraction methods. But we kind of need to go back to the European Middle Ages and use other ingredients other than hops to... to you have to start making green. Yeah, you have to start making dandelions and shit like that, right? So saison in the old type. See, right? I wouldn't say you have to go that back that far, but we need to actually think about it. Hops as just one bittering component, not the sole bittering right. component, and actually use some of these other bitter compounds that we know now have access to that are might might not even grow in the area. Okay, you've still got fuel costs and whatever else there. But hey, we move hops all around the world. Why can't we get these other bittering components, whether it be bark or created in a lab sure. even, to to use instead of these high alpha hops and extract the flavors in hops in a different way. I think that's where the innovation will come and that's probably why these these hop extracts and stuff have been developed. They're probably thinking 20 years down the track when this will be crunch time. Well, how's this? I mean, you know more about the science of, of brewing IPA than I do. Yep. Uh, how will this affect the types of IPA differently? I imagine that the way you use hops and the volume you use them at to bitter the beer versus what you would call it, what I would say in an East Coast or what a um, hazy, you're yep. looking for, though you have those late hop additions. So, um, for some reason, it, it strikes me that those would communicate even less the later you're adding it, that you would, you would be able to get even less out of those very low alpha hops. Well, because alpha is just a component, and alpha is affected more by heat than perhaps any other component within, within hops. Right. So, when you are producing sort of that East Coast hazy style, what you're doing is you're not looking for a lot of alpha anyway. You are looking for more of those flavour components, your cohumulin, your beaters, other stuff that doesn't even right. have names or, or measures. Um, your solubles, your, your oils, your other factors that aren't always affected by heat. Bitterness for, for that style of beer, you can just add a little bit more to the boil if you're going to add anything right. at all to the boil. It affects things like West Coast and actually potentially stuff like Pilsners even more because while Pilsners yeah, are fair. not notoriously bitter, they tend to use, um, at least if you're going for a traditional style, very low alpha hops. Like SARS can some years come in at like 2% alpha. And if we're talking right. that that's halving, that's that's coming at one percent alpha one percent alpha acid. So therefore, you have to push a lot of that into the kettle to get a bittering addition. And and this may be somewhere where we have to break with tradition and use other varieties that hopefully grow. And even if they drop half their alpha, they're still usable. I'm specifically thinking of Magnum here, grown both in the US and Germany. It's a great bittering hot. It's yep. it's clean. It yeah. it doesn't have that noble character like a SARS or a um, East Kent Golding if you're in England, um, or a Hersbrucker, um, Hallertau if you're in Germany. But it's clean. 
So perhaps you use that along with your SARS. Perhaps it's a technique thing and we need to move away from this nobility in, in these traditional recipes and get away from that stuff. All right, there you go. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm wondering if taste, I mean, a component of this is going to be impacting taste, right? It's trying to get people to drink different types of beers that are going <laughs> to be less... Um, but what I'm saying cost, is... Uh, is we need to be less lazy as brewers because we can get to those same, same or similar flavours that people won't notice. They might notice once, but once they come back a second time, they won't notice them in using things like Magnum along with SARS, dropping the volume of hops that you're using, cutting them by a third or more by doing this. And then that eases the global supply. While we can't do much about the environment um, because, hey, that's a, that's a governmental problem. As much as everybody right. recycles, everybody uses the cars less, yes, we've got to take um, personal responsibilities, but while corporations are still able to pollute at the volume that they're doing it, um, nothing we can do on a home level will really save the environment. So until governments get their asses into gear, um, we've just got to become flexible as brewers. Yeah, fair enough. Yep. Uh, all right, well, speaking of hoppy, hoppy beers, I had an Alpha King... This weekend, in fact. Uh, so why don't we... Uh, let's take a look at this. So Three Floyds is going to be reopening their tap room next year. Uh, we talked about that a couple weeks ago, but it's going to have a Frank Lloyd Wright-inspired design. So they're going fancy with it, uh, Tony. Not the uh, dank pit I went to, you know, 10 years ago or so. Uh, so it says that uh, they're reopening in 2024... It might add an event space and a live music stage in a future phase of development. It's being reforged as a modern American taproom and beer garden. Uh, CEO Nick Floyd said the new Three Floyds taproom design combines and celebrates the elements of the land, including indigenous mound building berms and prairie landscape mixed with Frank Lloyd's right. Sorry, Frank, Frank Lloyd Wright's <laughs> influence. Will also feature monthly taproom exclusive beers and select menu items from the former brew pub. That's what we like to hear. Thank you. Um, so it looks like it's going to. They're going to try to. The fifty-fifty thing seems to have been true. The fifty-fifty restaurant group will handle the day-to-day -day execution. Three Floyds will drive all the creative direction. Um, so that's good, and I'm still excited for this. So this did not unexcite me at all. This place looks like it will be nice. It will be a little bit maybe swanked up, and I'm sure the food and drink will still be quite good. Yep. I like the design. It looks good on the render, so I'd be excited. It does, yeah. For that, and you know their beers so are going to be banging. That'll be exciting. Zombie All right, dust. good. Zombie Dust and Alpha King. I had an Alpha King the other day. It was, it was very nice to have. Uh, all right, one more story, Tony. Uh, this was this is Australia related. Uh, has rising cost of beer killed the Aussie tradition of shouting mates? Is it okay to buck decades of drinking tradition if a shout can cost seventy two dollars? So, Tony, what does that mean? <laughs> okay, so a shout is it basically means you're just taking turns at buying each other drinks. So. So you're buying around, sure. Yeah, you're buying around. And that's what they're talking about is buying around and doing it fairly. So say so there's three of us in a group, just that we have either three shouts or six shouts or whatever, and just saying that, like, 
it can cost more than 72 bucks for a shout. If I'm buying fucking a shout of side project, <laughs> it's costing me more than 72 sure. bucks. Or a shout of yep. once more into the fray, it's costing me more than 72 bucks. Prices of beer goes up. I haven't seen this at least on a local level, and I, I, I'm hanging out at a bar quite regularly these days. Um, I haven't seen that behaviour change locally, whether it's happening in Melbourne. I'm not sure. Shouts weren't the buying around wasn't as prevalent as it was in my dad's day when beer wasn't taxed as heavily. Um, he and his mates sure. would, yeah, one week if if you bought an extra round and the other guys didn't, no big deal. This time, people are with tax. Yeah, wallets are a little tighter. Um, you you sort of need to know that the load's going to be. Uh, covered fairly. I wouldn't have any problem going in a shout with Nick or yourself or, or one of my other friends, but there are probably some friends of mine that I wouldn't go in a shout with because I don't trust them with money. Uh, <laughs> and, yeah, I gotcha. And you just don't have the margin to do that anymore. But to say it's costing so much that you can't shout, well, you're gonna if you're going to buy four drinks, you're still going to be spending $72 regardless of whether it's in a shout or whether you're buying it over the course of the night. It's for drink cost. Right. It's still there. It's, yeah. How is that That's killing just, anything? It's the same price as long as you're out with friends that are, yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, contributing equally. Does that make um, sense? I was uh, going to say that, yeah, having six friends sounds like a crazy thing to do yeah. out at the bar. I don't know. That's a lot of people to hang out at the bar with. and Yeah, you got to buy six rounds. With, you know? Six rounds of stone I mean, and wood pints, for fuck's sake. Like, that is ridiculous. Like, that's not a realistic. Yeah. In Australia, we're not a pint-drinking country. They're available, don't get me wrong. But, yeah, like schooners, which are slightly smaller, um, and pick something that – pick a macro example if you're going to use that example because then you can pick any craft beer if you're going to use – I hate using the word craft, but you know what I mean, a non-macro beer. Right, I get you. you can pick anything, yeah. and it's, it could cost anything from, like, what, $12 a pint upwards – you sure. get ridiculous. Yeah. You know I mean, what it's like. You know, I, I mean, I I drank a $13 beer in, in American dollars, you yeah. know, just recently. Uh, I bought a, a mm, quite expensive bottle of Side Project Barley Wine, in fact, that I might have talked about just a second ago. <laughs> that uh, their 10th anniversary barley wine was not going for uh, uh, 12 bucks. It was going for a lot closer to the $72, I would say. Yeah, so, so, and are you um, going to buy six of those to share with your friends? I, I, what I did was I, I bought one and split it five ways. So. Yeah, but that's different. That's uh, not a so full shout. That's not a pint. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, we were just sipping. We were just, I just wanted to try it. I was like, all right, I ain't drinking a 25 ounces of uh, barley wine. So <clears throat> got my hands on it. I was happy. All right, Tony. So keep it in mind, don't, don't cheat Tony on a round of beer while I'm there, or else he's going to fucking remember it for the rest of his life. <laughs> I'm going to come for your throat. I know we'll make sure we'll make sure I, you know, I, I bought him the last round of beers, which I believe were three 75 cent, uh, fucking hams or something Yep. at the Las Vegas club. So I think he owes me. <laughs> they weren't $2. 75 cent hams. You, up, you upgraded. You did spend the extra 25 cents because you bought the, um, Heineken. The hams was 50 cents. Oh, that was so stupid. You're right. Yeah, yes. that was the dumbest thing. One of the dumbest things I've ever done. Yeah, but it was on tap. Hams. It wasn't out of bottles. So, hey, that was the one saving grace. So at least we got a, 
at least we got a headache because the the tap lines at the Las Vegas club probably had never been cleaned one time. So that, that's mm. true. But what would you rather that or a green bottle Heineken? Pick your poison there. It is nasty. Yeah, green bottle Heineken is nasty. Oh, and that's well, the one thing right, I've done the... on my kegerator rather than having to clean them all the time, which I'm still going to do. But once I, um, I've got um, quick disconnects on my lines so I can just sanitize mm. the connections and put in new line. And it's going to be so easy just to put in new line all the time. Even better than cleaning line, just putting in it's new so line. It's so smart. Yeah, yep. just put a new one in. Easy peasy. Lemon squeezy. Lemon squeezy. All right, Tony. Uh, we talked a little bit earlier about regional foods, and uh, I've been going through all the different regional dishes available in the U.S., just hundreds and hundreds of them, from different types of barbecue to various Louisiana bread breads to bread uh, Hawaiian haystacks to uh, uh, chess pie and all the other yummy things that we love. Uh, but um, what I've done now instead uh, – from this has come up with a few of the funniest sounding foods and a few of the funniest sounding beers out there. And you get to tell me if these things are either uh, a beer or a regional food in a round of this or that. Oh shit, I was on the wrong one. I was on two brews and a lie. So I've got there now. Plink, plunk, plink, plunk, This or that. Excellent. That's one of my favorite drops. I love how it keeps going. That's really good. <laughs> you know All right, Tony. I got a few beers. I got a few funny-sounding foods. Why don't we start? I wonder how many of these you're going to know. Um, it's going to be interesting. Uh, from your time watching the Food Network, you might just house this one. You might not. So the first one we're going to do is called the Yankee Sandwich. The Yankee Sandwich. Is this that Pittsburgh thing with coleslaw and fries in a? You know the one I'm talking about. You would have seen that. Yeah, that's a. Yeah, I've been. I've had that sandwich before. Yeah. Uh, I reckon you're starting me off with food. I don't think you do this in a random order. I think this is a food based purely off that, and my suspicion that it could be one of those East Coast old school meat packing traditions. Tony, the Yankee sandwich is a beer, oh. sadly. It is actually a beer made by English people. Um, the fine folks over at the Wild Beer Company from Ashford, Kent, England, made this one. Being a team of peanut butter lovers, we thought it would be fun to make a peanut butter stout for the winter months. You source top-quality peanuts for a beer that will coat your mouth in chocolate peanut butter cup heaven. So but there you go, the Yankee, Yankee sandwich. sandwich. That's weird. If it had jam must, in it, I get it. Peanut butter and jelly. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Yeah. English people are Is weird. that some kind of name for a Reese? I don't, I don't know. A Reese's cup? I don't really know. Um, I just think because they've, Tony they've gets, thought peanut butter, that's American, which I don't associate with. That is American. I mean, um, I do believe up until the relatively recent past – not that it was hard to get peanut butter, but it wasn't very popular, so it did make it harder to get it if you were just a, an American puttering around Europe. I don't know. It's so I think it's easier now. I think peanut butter has become more popular these yeah. days. I think it was popular when my mum was a kid because I think her her brother used to like 
just eat peanut butter out of the jar with a spoon. So it's been around for yeah. 65 plus that. years. Well, this was made 66 years ago. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> next up, uh, Tony, this one is called Spaghetti Heroes. Spaghetti Heroes. So now, has could this be spelled... a beer? Spaghetti is spelled. <laughs> no, not spaghetti, the other like part. Spaghetti, the food. Yeah. Heroes is spelled like the way heroes is spelled. With a G or an is, H? Is there a different way to spell it? With a G. I thought you were talking like gyros. You know, you're thinking of a gyro. No, this is hero. Hero is a, well, I'll say this. A hero means a guy flying uh, above the air to go save an old lady from being crushed by a bus. But it also can mean a sandwich, Tony, a hero. It's a, um, it's a, like a hoagie type sandwich. Oh, fuck. So you, it's up to you to decide. Is spaghetti heroes here referring to sandwiches made with spaghetti as the in there somehow, or is it referring to a, a guy with his underpants outside of his shorts making uh, a flying sandwich. around and making, making around. eating, being in a sandwich also? Um, <laughs> I am going to say there is some knowledge here, whether it's actually going to help me here. We in Australia have the ultimate... Um, toasting machine you've probably heard of them they're called a jaffel iron uh, you can get mm, yeah. they they clamp your bread you put tin spaghetti sure. in them some I've people like things that. yeah i like vegemite and cheese in my um jaffel or like sausages and vegetable out of a can great camping food nick talk i haven't seen you do a jaffel get yourself a, a jaffel iron and yeah as i was saying spaghetti in a can that's a traditional filling so I'm going to say, while it might not be spaghetti out of a can, I think that is a food because of that previous knowledge. Okay. What region do you think this would come from, Tony? This has got to be Midwest, right? Because, like, that's, that's fucked Midwest. up Midwestern stuff. It's not a coast thing. It's not where yeah. you have first-generation Italians. This is second- or third-generation Italians are getting weird. Sure. Well, Tony... Bad news, it's not a food. It is a beer done by Dissolver um, from Asheville, North Carolina. Uh, it's their newest lager release. It is killer. We partnered up with uh, Crooked Run Fermentation to rile up a West Coast meets Italian Pilsner. So there you go. Uh, sounds like something I would drink is what it sounds like. So Decent rating on this, 3.84 and 130 Check-ins, that's pretty good. All right. So you're 0 for 2, Tony. Let's see if we can turn this thing around. Uh, next up I have for you is uh, Funeral Potatoes. What beer would be called Funeral Potatoes? What does that even mean? I can't what? I can't picture a style. What, I can't picture... what beer would be called Funeral Potatoes? I don't know. This has got to be f- food, right? Like... It's probably some version of like a potato bake, you know, with the cream and the bacon and the onion that people take to Midwestern okay. funerals. I think all this sort of food comes out of the Midwest. Or maybe this is a Philly <laughs> thing or a Boston thing. That's no, a Boston thing. It's the Irish families, second and third generation, okay. you know, when they become more they're Irish. All dying, they're all dead anyways. Yeah. Yep. That's what I'm going to go all right, with. We're gonna... 
You're going with that? Tony, you're right. This actually is a food. You got one. One of them was eventually a food. Um, <laughs> this one is a food. This is a food I have had. I don't think it actually evolved out of the Midwest, funny enough. It says it's Idaho and Utah. Um, but I've had this in the Midwest, the so I think it did make its way. Um, a, a casserole of hash browns or grated cute potatoes, cheddar or Parmesan cheese, cream soup or cream sauce, and other ingredients topped with cornflakes or crushed potato chips. I wasn't far off. Let's be honest. That was on no, point. No, you're exactly but right. Only, this is so many things you can yeah. do with potatoes. It tastes good. This is the type of thing that tastes good that you shouldn't like, but it's it's good. Um, all right, moving on. Next one I got for you is called... Uh, ooh, what do I want to go with? This one's called Saint, the St. Saint Paul Sandwich. See, it'd be too easy for Minnesotans to have something named after themselves. That's got to be a beer. That, that can't be a... That'd be like having a Melbourne sandwich or a Sydney sandwich or a Wollongong sandwich. No, it's got to mm-hmm. be a beer. Tony, this one was a this was a mean one for me to do to you. This is a food. Your oh, uh, you your train train of thought wasn't too crazy because it's not from St. Paul. It's from St. Louis. <laughs> <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> It's an egg. This sounds good to me, Tony. I never had one, but I've always wanted to try it. It's an egg foo young patty on white bread with dill pickle slices, lettuce, tomato, and mayonnaise. Uh, sorry, my head scrambled. Then what? What was that all? Oof. Okay, do you know what an egg foo young is? Are you familiar no. with egg foo young? No. Egg foo young is like a um, omelet, like a American Chinese thing, and it's um. Like, a, like an omelet, sort of, but with, like, mung bean and usually has, like, some of the uh, Chinese flavors in it. And it gets kind of griddled up to a nice crisp. It's like a very um, browned omelet, sort of. Uh, and it's got all this onions and egg and bean sprouts in it. And then you slap that on a, on a couple slices of white bread. Uh, a little mayo, lettuce, dill pickle, tomato, and mayonnaise. Yeah. It's like sounds a fancy breakfast actually. sandwich to me. I would eat this all day. Yeah. Right. I think this sounds good. I was just trying it's to a, some weird ass thing, but it's not, this sounds like something I would absolutely eat. Without a doubt. Um, Corey, you can tell us how this is. Is it any good or am I, am I overstating the possibilities here? All right. So Tony's is struggling with the foods. Um, so you're one for four. You need to get on it. We got to get Tony on a run here. Next one I got for him is called Business Chicken. Business chicken. Uh, while I'm thinking about business chicken, did you want to check out our Discord and in the kitchen? There's just an image that's been posted by somebody. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> business chicken. Um, this is not a food. This is not even somebody um, like going to the jewel and putting chicken in their beer. This is just a straight up beer in my view. So I'm going to go with beer. Uh, Tony, you're right. Business chicken is beer. It's a smooth tropical IPA hopped with strata, cashmere, and citra. It dazzles with fruitiness and citrus undertones, as well as pleasing aromas of melon and peach. It's by Aslan Beer Company out of, uh, I believe, Virginia. 
All right, Tony, that's another one on the board for you. You're, five, you're, two, you're two for five. And just a reminder that you will be sending $1 million to the uh, uh, St. Paul Sandwich Orphanage uh, of St. Louis Paul, St. Paul Louis, Minnesota-Napolis. So that'll be really cool. Thank you, Tony. That's very nice of you. It is very um, nice of me. And what did I just ask? Business chicken. That's good. Uh, all right, next one I got for you. Uh, this is called Burgoo. 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 This is a main one too. Because we had a beer uh, earlier today with a nonsensical name um, that Max Allotment had that kind of has that same sort of that uh, rice lager that he was drinking from Carton. Uh, sure. Oh, yeah. But it could also be like a bulgogi kind of American bastardization kind of a thing. Or not not even Asian, but it could just be from any culture. Because you never know how things are pronounced and spelt. That's right. Uh, This one's spelled pretty much exactly like it's sound. It sounds. Okay. I'm going to go back to food. Don't know why. This is a coin flip. Tony, you're right. It is a food. Nice. Good job. It is a, oh no, there it is, uh, a spicy stew, typically using game or game birds, similar to Irish or mulligan stew, often served with cornbread or corn muffins. Uh, okay. It's from uh, Kentucky and Southern Illinois. So there you go, burgoo. Do they share it's a border? Food. Do, is this the very bottom of Southern Illinois? Kentucky and Illinois do share a border, yes. Okay. It's, it's all the way down there yep, near Paducah, Kentucky. Yep. Uh, all right, we got four left. You're three for six. You're, you're right on the cusp here. Let's go to this one. This one's called barbecue spaghetti. I... <laughs> barbecue mac and cheese. Okay, I get barbecue spaghetti. Are you making a ragu out of like beef brisket or pork shoulder or yeah, Boston butt? Potentially. Um, no, this is a beer though. This is a beer. It'd have a different name if it was a food. So I'm going to go with beer. Tony, you've yet again overestimated the fine people of Tennessee. <laughs> This is a food, and it is called barbecue spaghetti, and it is that. It is spaghetti noodles. You named literally what it is. <laughs> spaghetti noodles topped with a sauce made from smoked pork, vegetables, and barbecue sauce. So essentially they made a ragu, but replaced the tomatoes with, like, other aromatics. Replaced the, like, whatever you would say, veal or yeah. um, or, or beef with uh, with pork. And replace the uh, tomato, I guess, tomato element with fucking BBQ sauce. So. Now, I, I was just looking up. I don't know why I looked it up, but for whatever reason, while we were playing this game, it made me think of it. By the time you come to Australia, there is a slim possibility that we will have currency in circulation with the king's face on the coins. Mm. He's not going to be on the banknotes, but there is a 2023 um, dollar coin that could be circulating by the time you get there. Otherwise, it'll all be the Thank queen God. on our um, on our coinage. 
they no longer gain a feature on our notes. So, R.I.P. the Royals. All right. Next one I got for you, Tony. This one's called. This one's called Grammy Cakes. Is this something to do with graham crackers? Uh, I think it is, and I think it's putting graham crackers in a beer. Yeah, graham crackers in a beer. That makes sense to me. It doesn't, like, unless it's like a rock cake thing. Oh, dude, this is tough. This is one of your tougher games. You should be proud of yourself. Um, <laughs> now, last minute change, last minute audible. My gut hasn't been right today. I think this is a food. Don't know what kind of food it is. But, hey, it's probably in the chest pie vein for all I know. That's what I would have guessed, Tony, if I didn't know anything, but this is a beer. Uh, This is Grammy Cakes. This pastry perfection was brewed with cinnamon, vanilla, metric coffee, and graham crackers. With its rich flavors and creamy mouthfeel, even Little Debbie ain't got shit on this one from Maplewood Brewing in Chicago. A golden ale, uh, 6.5% with all that sugar in there. That is some pastry bot at their finest right there with that one. Why did I say Tony, I even myself? highlighted it like you got it right, but then you guessed it wrong. So we're going yeah, back I to right on that one. I explained it correctly got, and then I changed my mind. What a sucker. You got two left and you need them both to survive here. The next one I got for you is called Flapjack Nuggets. I know what a flapjack is. Is it available in nugget form? Everything is available in nugget form in America. I even think there are flapjack tenders. So I'm going to go with food. I had some good um, Asian spice chicken tenders at the brewery last night. Um, That sounds good. Yeah, they were really tasty. They were on the specials board, so really delicious. I would I would be on top of that. The food at that place looks good. It feels yeah. like they've they've got the food game going pretty good. Yep, they've just got a new chef in. And he's lifting the game quite a bit. Hell yeah! All right. Well, bad news for you though. I mean, unless he makes flapjack nuggets and says they're from somewhere, uh, he'll have to convince me because flapjack nuggets is a beer. By this podcast, very favorite brewery, 450 North Brewing Company. Uh, Flapjack Nuggets is brewed using maple syrup, lactose, vanilla, and a touch of cinnamon. Pastry Bot is all over the goddamn shit today. Uh, 9% on this one, Tony. Uh, There you go. Flapjack Nuggets. Time to break out that checkbook, Tony. Uh, You're going to be writing a fat check over to... um, you know, some poor uh, kids who can't get their barbecue spaghetti. They're not, they're hungry for their barbecues. They're, mommy, mommy, no, you can't have that. No barbecue spaghetti. <laughs> and, you know, then Uncle Tony, rich Uncle Tony comes in and he's like, I got barbecue spaghetti. I got all the barbecue spaghetti yep. and all the funeral potatoes. Does that cheer you up? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, after Last that. one. I think yep. I need people to donate to my cause so those, pe- really those do. kids we... do not starve because, you know, they need that barbecue spaghetti. Now, interesting point. But, Tony, you have to guess one more before we give up, so oh, just so shit. you know. 
Okay, let's don't do the. I'll, I'll do it now, and we can do it again. If you want to donate to help okay. the orphans out, ko-fi.com forward slash beer engine podcast to donate to the children. That's right. You will help. You will help the children, and maybe you'll help the children get either this food or beer because they're so hungry and thirsty for it. Either way, they need another this food one, pairing, or they need a, a drink pairing. So yeah. They need them both. Their kids are like, I want to get drunk, Uncle Tony. Or they're like, I'm hungry for whatever this is, Uncle Tony. And what it is is Snickers salad. This has to be real. This has got to be up there with ambrosia salad. I could imagine some fucker uh, in Wyoming inventing this. Could also I mean, say this is one of the most. But it's a food. It's a food, Tony. You're going to get that one. This is among the most fucked up looking things I've ever seen. I I have grown and lived in the Midwest or had lived in the Midwest for almost my entire life. Um, I've eaten ambrosia salad. I've eaten divinity, which is like little meringues, somewhere between a meringue and a marshmallow. Oh, this is um, I've eaten any, the sweetest stuff ever. This Tony, is this is a dessert fun. salad consisting of a mix of Snickers bars, Granny Smith apples. Uh, it says Cool Whip or Whip topping, but your ass knows it's Cool Whip. <laughs> For uh, sure. Cool Whip and often pudding. Have you seen the amount of images on Google? I just Googled it post-game and just went to Google Images. It's not just like one fucked up person making this. Everybody in the Midwest oh, is no, making this shit. Thousands of people making this. I've never had this one. This one I'd never seen. Um, this is this is out of the the worst I'd ever had is ambrosia salad, um, which even I can develop a slightly nostalgic feeling for. But um, Snickers salad is easy to make. The ingredients are chopped and combined. Uh, it has a rather unique texture, being sticky and crunchy. Clumps are <laughs> clumps are known to get stuck in the teeth. Yeah, that's what the lady sucking off the clumps said too. Okay, that was that was gross. I was gross. <laughs> I had to make a nutty. I had to make a fucking. What was that movie? The clump with the make clumps. The clumps or the nut, meet the which which one was that? That was Eddie Murphy. <laughs> clump. It was clumps are known to get stuck in the teeth. Great term. Uh, Do you know all what right, this um, feature makes? The experience of we got to hear this sentence in this Wikipedia. Okay. This feature makes the experience of eating it divisive. So just be, I'm just thinking about like you know you got the who's loving it. You got the midwestern. You got the midwestern family there. You got the stepmom maybe in the house right. You got and the stepmom's like kind of maybe standoffish like a uh, real housewife type, and she's eating this whatever this is you know whipped whipped cream pudding Snickers bar. It's all getting in her teeth. She's getting the, uh, her crowns full of fucking uh, Snickers clumps and pudding. And she's like, I fucking hate this. She's getting so mad. She's losing her mind. She's screaming at her husband. Get me the fuck out of here. I don't want to be around here anymore. Your family's nuts. They're eating candy salad. And they're like, hey, just chill. You know, it's not that bad. You know, here, have another Manhattan. Uh, anyways, that's. I think that's what's happening, right? Yep. Now... On Google Images, <laughs> I'd said that people search for two other salads. Did you want to take a guess at what two other salads people search for alongside the Snickers salad? 
Um, you know, I I did I kind of cheated because I was looking up like what it, apparently this is served with other stuff. Is Ambrosia one of them? Ambrosia should yeah. be one of them, right? Ambrosia's one of them. I thought you might have missed that one. Thought you might have got too tricky. Um, and I, I also saw this in the Wikipedia. It says this salad is popular alongside glorified rice, which I was not familiar with. Glorified rice is a dessert salad um, with rice, crushed pineapple, and whipped cream. No. Okay. Uh, it's like a rice pudding. It does look yeah. like barf, though. I like rice pudding, um, but don't need to add pineapple. I know it's the king of all fruits, but come on. Watergate salad, which I am actually familiar with. It's um, like pistachio pudding, pineapple, whipped topping, pecans, and marshmallows. Well... The one that came up for me was cookie salad. Which cookie, 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 yeah, you it's know, a new one for me, yeah, you know, like a bicky salad. Okay, man, Minnesota and North Dakota. This is not so. Uh, W2s, this is not one we brought up in your appearance, but you're going to have to tell me more about um, Snickers salad and tell me if you yeah. got involved with with Snickers salad because. Um, you know this is something be, else. That's cool. You know he'd be picking the clumps out of his teeth. No, and W2s. <laughs> it's almost a spit take. <laughs> God damn it. All right. <laughs> Tony, I think we have to end our show. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get yelled at for being gross. <laughs> you are a gross person. If you want to hear more gross things, you can do that by hitting us up on Untapped. The grossest man in the world is across from me. He is Griff AD on Untapped. <laughs> I'm never gross. I'm always smooth, velvety, and hairy at the same time. I'm St. Moz on Untapped. Uh, you can send us an email, beerengineshow at gmail.com. We would really love a complaint, um, especially about uh, Griff. That would be delightful. Or you can follow us yeah. on Instagram at beerenginepod. Or if you were delighted or want to help out the orphans with their spaghetti salad, not their spaghetti salad, their spaghetti barbecue spaghetti. You can send that donation. Don't tempt these people, Tony. <laughs> which is not tax deductible. At You can send that via the website ko-fi.com forward slash beer engine podcast. Give so they may grow. I just used a tagline from one of Australia's great charities, the uh, Royal Children's Hospital. That's their tagline. Give that's a, so that's they make very grow. classy of you. I uh, I will be back. We I will be back next week with a new USB cable and much better sound. And Tony will be back exactly the same way he is right now. Yep. So we will talk to you then. Farewell.